man. Absolutely. <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome to Brown and Out, the podcast where we give voice to LGBTQ people of color in Vermont. Um, today, we have Shawnee Stoddard. Um, hello, and welcome to the podcast, Shani. Hey, Reggie. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for making the trek from Cambridge um, over here. We have folks coming in from here, there, and everywhere, all all parts of this great state, and today you are with us from Cambridge. Fabulous. What are a few things that folks should know about you? Well, I am... Uh from Vermont, born and raised, okay. which I like to acknowledge right. <laughs> because I love... First off... I love being from here, and uh, I feel like I like to make mention of it when I can because I feel like I am so Vermont, uh, but also so not Vermont. <laughs> now, when you say so Vermont, what does that mean to you? I mean, like, like I find myself when I have to tell someone that I am from here, like when they're like, where are you from? Where were you born, though, before you got... Here. Oh, those questions. It's, it's maybe because of, like, I don't know, my uh, flannel shirt mm. or my uh, <laughs> my Bernie bumper stick. I don't know. Whatever oh, those things those, definitely you know. are identifiers of being yeah. Vermont. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have two dogs that I care about immensely. Aw. I like to bring those guys up whenever I can. What are their names? Blue and Basil. Okay. Yesterday was actually my uh, dog anniversary with Basil. Okay. Six years strong. Okay, that's fabulous. <laughs> Other than that, I'm glad you're having me here. I love coming into Burlington. I love having a reason to come into Burlington. Yeah. Um, I love it here, too. It's fabulous. Um, what else, on what other occasions, what other things bring you to the city? I come into Burlington when I do drag. Okay. Um, I come into Burlington to go shopping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I come into Burlington to see all of my friends that decided that they didn't want to live in the middle of nowhere anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's quite a few reasons I come into town. Okay. Do you want to talk about your drag performances? Because you are <laughs> a gifted drag performer. Oh, thank you. And, um, and it seems like, well, I guess maybe... We're talking about coming to Burlington for drag. Do you feel like, um, of all the places in Vermont, um, Burlington is like the drag uh, epicenter, shall we say? <laughs> for sure. Okay, for it, sure. It is definitely the epicenter, but I've, you know, I've done drag in Montpelier recently, and that was like a, a fantastic turnout, and I had probably just as much fun as I do performing at Higher Ground, which was a nice surprise, because usually when I out in Montpelier, it's sort of a little bit more reserved. It's definitely a different vibe, um, but it is the queen city after all. Okay, right. Should we get into your drag origin story? Do you feel like sure. sharing yeah, yeah, that yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just, let's do that then. Cool. Well, my, my first time performing drag, doing like an official drag performance mm -hmm. was this year at Drag Idol. Wait, it was it was last year. It was 2017, oh, wasn't it? Oh, no, damn, I know. Where does damn. the time go? <laughs> it's 2018. Um, <laughs> so it was last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, in July, and that was new and exciting. And I, you know, I've always been a fan of of drag. And I feel like, although that was my first official drag performance, I sort of feel like I've been 
doing that for a while, you know, just in, in terms of like, a lip syncing around in, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and wearing a bunch of makeup and, <laughs> and wearing whatever I want in terms of like clothes and shoes and that sort just of thing. Your day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what made it official was the fact that a there were other people uh, watching mm-hmm. <laughs> in, the, in the space, and and b uh, other queens performing, and so it was wasn't entirely unfamiliar, especially being somebody who has done some performing in the past. But you know, drag itself is is a whole different world. So to be like, oh, I've I've, I've performed around a little bit, I've danced around, and done this. It's it's totally. Different. different, you know, to be a dancer is is not to be a drag queen. You know, no. to to wear makeup is not to be a drag queen. It's 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 a art form <laughs> that uh, that I discovered after I sort of dove right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, can you talk about your first performance a bit? Um, what like what kind of led you to um, to even get there? You know, I. I saw some posts about it on social media, about the Drag Idol competition. I uh-huh. saw some posts about it, and I was interested, and I just, I applied and I sent it just so that someone, like, I would have to be held accountable. Like, oh, you signed up and someone knows that you're interested, so now you're sort of trapped. You what what was the sign-up process like? What did you, did you send in a tape? It, nope, it was... Oh. Um, it was like a do written... Do people send tapes? I'm right? sorry. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think they do. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do that. It was like a written application. You know, they ask you what your drag name is, what your pronouns are, what you're going to perform, um, how long the performance is, and then they get back to you. And I, I sent in... Uh, I emailed them first and was like, asked for some specifics because... I just wanted to know. I'm like, where does it take place, and mm-hmm. what are the rules? And then I didn't, uh, I didn't really follow up because I sort of was changing my mind. I was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe I won't do it. And then they reached out, and they were like, if you're interested, we'd still like to have you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. They cared enough to send a second email. That's so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I picked a song, and I picked uh, an outfit, and the day came, and. <laughs> and then it happened, and it was a lot of fun. And I know a couple of the the previous uh, winners and, and performers and competitors, if you will, um, just from regular life. And I bumped into one of them a couple nights before, and I was like, is this something that I should do? Would this be like... You, you had already submitted um, the things you I had to, I had you, submitted You had it. a place. You, you were yeah, welcome yeah. to perform, mm-hmm. and you were still a few days oh, before. Still, I'm not still. sure if... Even like the morning of, I was like, I could... Just bail, bail, turn my phone off, and absolutely just, turn my phone <laughs> and <laughs> dead and to the world. Spend the rest of my life regretting it. No, but I, uh, I didn't do that. And uh... instead, what happened? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this is an important part of In, your story. Instead of bailing, I showed up, tried to turn it out, and I won. You didn't try <laughs> to turn it out. In fact, you did. I turned it out, right? <laughs> as as everyone did, and, right? You know. Respect, yeah. Respect. Um, you know, and I, I didn't know what to expect. Someone had told me, they were like, last year there were only three people who competed or something like that. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, well, that should be Joe. That should be, you know. Mm-hmm. You and two <laughs> yeah, other folks. Two others. Mm-hmm. And I got there and people just kept 
showing up, and then I think eventually <laughs> there were nine, and they all looked amazing, and I, mm. I went from feeling pretty confident about <laughs> this. Like I said, I, I have a performance background, yeah. so I was like, I think I could probably do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as as I could hear people death dropping on the stage, oh, <laughs> like the, the audience. And that takes and, talent. That oh, does. for sure. Yeah. If I did a death drop, they would find out why it was called a death drop, because I would <laughs> never get up. But... Uh, yeah, it was it was fabulous, and everybody looked amazing and, and did amazing. I think we had to stay backstage, so I couldn't actually watch anyone. Oh, that's unfortunate. Perform. Yeah, but, but that's how it is, you know. Yeah. Often, yeah. I was just doing a lot of listening to the audience, mm. wondering how everyone was doing. Yeah, but, and look how it turned <laughs> out. Oh my gosh! Out. I want to talk about other things besides that, but. I do want to know, um, I sort of want to give myself and the folks out there um, sort of more of a window into what drag is and how it's, you know, done and lived even. And furthermore, and I know I'm not, you know, this is no shade, as the kids say, um, but I, like, I realize, you know, you starting and, like, having Vermont's Drag Idol be your um, first performance, I feel like most of your drag has been based in Vermont since mm. then. Basically, most of it? All. Okay. All of it. So so I guess I'm asking, uh, like, two questions, but it's the same question, which is, what is uh, uh, the life in your... Um, uh, experience, what is the life of a drag queen in Vermont like? What is that like? The life of a drag queen in Vermont, first, first of all, way more exciting than my life was before I was a drag queen. That's, is that so? That's for sure. Okay. Um, I maybe came to Burlington once uh, every six months before I started doing drag. And Burlington, again, represents, like, yeah. it's kind of like the big city experience for folks who were born and raised in Vermont. Yeah. Right? That's like... Yeah. For sure. That's that's a, a good way to put it. We got a, a mall. There's like two... There's like two... two there's like Ooh. two malls. Why isn't that the <laughs> slogan of Burlington? Welcome to there's, Burlington. There's like two malls. Two malls. Um, yeah, but exciting, first of all, but you, I mean, I also have to balance it with the other parts of my life, like my job and my dogs. But I think it's like coming into Burlington and being able to come into Burlington and have this, like, you know, I show up for work on a Monday and I'm covered in glitter and someone's like, you have <laughs> glitter in your mustache. I'm like, you have yeah. a little on your ear right I, now. Do I? Like, from here, I'm like, is that a piercing? Like, is that a very, very small <laughs> like, piercing? Um, but no, I, yeah, I think that it might be just glitter. some leftover glitter. It's just, um, you know, part of the process. Yeah. But it is exciting, and, and it's exciting to come into Burlington and perform, but I think for me, my absolute favorite part is the people that I've met, either the people who I get to perform with, or people that I've sort of known, but know even better, and then just the people Other who, queens? Yeah, mm-hmm. other queens, but then also people who just come out to the show. Fans. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fans, yeah. Is that yeah. what... <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I guess, but some, I mean, now some of them I'm just calling friends i feel like yeah (laughs) but yeah i feel like i've never had this sort of you know it's a network of people that i probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to like meet and and hang with or at least be introduced to like 
you know, this is an option for you. So now some of these, some of these people I get to hang out with, even just not doing drag, which is nice, you know. That's awesome. It's like you built a little family friend. Yeah. That's great. It's like, I I feel like I live in the middle of nowhere. So sometimes it's like, you could go a little while, like going to work and, and doing your routine and then, but, uh. And not see anyone outside of that. Yeah. But then now this whole other kind of world got opened up to you. Yeah. It's, it's new and exciting in the way that like maybe going to college or, or, you know, any place where you would, you would go and just be introduced to like the masses. And this is like new and exciting and and fun. And you have something to look forward to. It's also, um, you know, sometimes (laughs) maybe overwhelming like colleges or just like, you know, just because it's, you get to a certain age and you're like, I know exactly what my life is going to look like for a while. And then you just kind of threw you for a loop. Yeah. You do something new and exciting and it's like, Oh now I have this, this whole big new exciting thing to think about on a regular basis. Like I, I look at clothes differently. I hear music differently. I think about, you know, I think about performances and that sort of thing, which in a way I could still think about beforehand, but now Mm -hmm. it's like, there's some, there's sort of more of a reason. It's just like I could actually bring that idea to life instead of just, you know, being an artist behind. It's like walls. you're like seeing things in a in a whole new filter, sort of. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like amazing. Um, it sounds like it's been a rewarding experience. It sure has. This whole drag thing. Yeah. Well, that's great. Besides drag, then let's uh, say what else has your interest lately? What are you involved in that has your time and attention? Hmm. I, uh, I love <laughs> my job and okay, I, and I yeah. like, uh, and I love That's winter. That's good, by the way. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Good. No, it is. So what do you do? <laughs> what do you, I mean, you, you do so many things, but you want to call it your nine to five. Yeah. What my do nine you do? To five. I work at um, a ski resort. I work there year round. So, in do the... you want to say the name? Of the yeah, ski I guess. Resort? Okay, <laughs> it's it's Smuggler's Notch Resort in Jeffersonville, Vermont. Okay. And um, I work there in the summer and the winter, and there's just a lot going on. And the the group of people that I work with are just fantastic. The community of that little town, Jeffersonville in Cambridge, it's like has uh, has my heart. Okay, it's, it's a nice place to live and be and hang. That is something else I might add is so Vermont of you to work at a ski resort. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so it's the folks there that make it. Oh, work. for sure. But are you an avid skier? I, you know, I've been skiing for two full decades at this point. Uh, okay. Um, which <laughs> even my coworkers now, they're like, you should hop out on the hill and try to take a lesson. Like, you like learn, learn. I'm like, oh wait, you you don't know that I do actually. I do ski just because my my take a lesson. try to take a lesson like I learn a, teach learn a thing, thing or two. Or two. Um, but I my job is inside. I work with the ski crew, but I am an admin of sorts. So I get to like wear loafers and like <laughs> button down shirts. So they're like, oh, when was the last time you were outside? Like, oh, well, you know, in that way, one of those. you don't look the part. You're... I don't look the part. In a, in a, I mean, a few, my shoes, my shirt, some other some other things. But I feel like it's just a matter of explaining, like, oh, you know, yeah, definitely been skiing since uh, you. Were <laughs> <diapers>. Listen here, <laughs> Whippersnapper. Yeah. Respect. Um, well, I think, yeah, that is a, it's quite the Vermont occupation. You, I mean, literally couldn't do that 
in many other places. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that's that's true, and uh, that sort of makes it special because I I love Vermont and I love that people come here for something that is, you know, exciting for them. It's you know, it's just I think of this as like a sort of resort, you know. But this right. people come for a week and like that's the week that they've been waiting for all year, and it's like yeah. I I like that. I like that they love Vermont because I love Vermont. So that's is cool. it. Is it mostly um, out-of-staters, or...? It is a lot of out-of-staters, but, you know, we also have so many people who work there and all of these locals, so then their, you know, their families and their kids all are a part of this program, so we also get to hang with a bunch of locals who have been a part of this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the number one resort in the East. Okay. Um, including Canada, which is... Which is sweet, and just all the more reason to be, like, proud of working there. But also, yeah. just I think we do what we do. I think we do it well, and that's I like being a part of something that uh, is done well. It's a well-oiled machine. I think I think that's cool. Okay, right on. Um, yes, I. It's definitely. I mean, I I admit that I am not a skier or a snowboarder. Those are things I haven't really tried. But I think it's definitely a part of. Uh, a very, uh, a part of Vermont culture that Vermonters are very proud of is uh, mm-hmm. the ski culture and snowboarding, other mountain sports. Right. <laughs> I see, you know, I'm just going to mess it up and not even, I'm going to leave, shout out snowshoeing, shout out um, cross country, <laughs> which is just yeah. like a variation on skiing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I know who I'm talking to right now. You could probably <laughs> just school me up and down. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, a pretty wholesome thing to have be part of your identity. I think there could be a lot worse things we could be known for. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, for sure. Right on. I want to know, for you, what does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like? And I, I'll understand if, like, maybe that's not something, like, you think about all the time, but, like, if you had to, you know illustrate like what that even is if it even is a thing Mm. what does that look like you know i it is a thing that i think about uh probably constantly like like, just because although although it's not you know right in front of me all the time i walk this earth every single day as you know a queer person of color and i i think about it often, but even when I'm not thinking about it, I, I recognize that all of my experiences are that of a queer person of color, and then I think about the way that other folks interact with me. So so the way, the way that it looks to me, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, I have to really, it's like, it's fresh and new, I want to say, to me on a, on a regular basis. I'm always learning <laughs> something, and like I said, like, starting, you know, starting this drag world and entering this, you know, this new fun, exciting and very queer space, Mm -hmm. although it's not, uh, filled with queer people of color. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am doing my part to represent other people of color, but it's like, it is, (laughs) it's something that I've always like, you know, I've always been like, I, I understand that I don't, um, I don't have as many queer or or 
experiences with other people of color as I would like to have. I love living here, mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to live here forever, mm -hmm. but that is all the more Because you're so Vermont. Because I'm so Vermont. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I feel like all the more reason to... All the more reason to just never forget and like try to recognize on a regular basis, on a on a daily basis, that being a queer person of color, it's more than just you know being. It. You you have to you have to live it and stand up for it and and believe in it and try to you know represent yourself in a way that I feel like. We are teachers here. Mm. We, you know, whether or not you want to be or know you're doing it, mm. I feel like people have a lot to learn from us. And, mm. mm -hmm. and even, you know, the smallest interactions or experiences that people have with you, you are teaching them something. And that's something that I'm spending a little bit more time thinking about and, mm. and being being proud of, you know, mm. growing up, it was like, I get it. I'm the only black person in the school. Like, A, don't touch my hair, and B, <laughs> and B, stop asking me questions about it. Like, but but nowadays, it's like I'm I'm a grown-up, and mm. I, I know that people learn at their own pace, and I feel like I, I am better at, better at, you know, speaking on issues that, people don't even know that they need to hear about and, and talk about and be a part of just because I feel like, you know, being from the Northeast Kingdom and 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 now living sort of just in the middle of nowhere, it's nice to feel like you are able to have these moments with people. Like anything can be a teaching moment if you mm. <laughs> have the It it sounds like you it. you embrace that role. Yeah. I mean I've I've seen I've seen, you know, people do it better than me and before me. And, and that was something that I, you know, like my older brother, who was always just really good at, um, really good at embracing, you know, where he was born and raised, but still, you know, um, just being a strong black dude. And that's, I think that's super important. And I think that if you, if you understand that it's important, it's going to be easy for you to just be like, you know what, this is, it's not just like, it, it, you can't just live. You can't just like live and, and do it. You have to understand that you are, you are here to teach some people some things. I feel like. You feel like you have a responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's not as much of a burden as it used to feel, you know, being when here. When you were growing when up. When I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Even, I mean, growing up and then, you know, I'm almost 29, I feel like, so even into, well into adulthood, being like, you know, why do I still have to do this? Why do I still have to do this? And nowadays it's sort of just more along the lines of like, you know, not to be cheesy, but like, I get to do this. Like, you know, it's, it, there are times where it's like, shit, I, why do I still have to do this? Right. Because people will test you and it's like, really? Mm. But, you know, ignorance is everywhere and, mm -hmm. I feel like I... It's in the White House. Is it? <laughs> First and foremost, let's begin to like, just start there. It trickles down. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the way things go oh, here. For sure. I think but... we went from having, like, someone you could call a moral compass in the White House to 
whatever the fuck the opposite of that is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the polar opposite for sure. No. And it, it is everywhere. And it's and it's not just here. It's not just in Vermont. And I feel like, you know, we should be able to live our lives without having to be like, oh, we just have to be the teachers of the world. Because it sucks, but it's everywhere. And it's just nice to um, feel like I am doing a good job, like, accurately representing how I feel as a person of color and just making sure that I... It's 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 not a burden, and if they, you know, trying to use a moment as a teaching tool makes somebody mad, you know, maybe maybe after the fact they'll take a moment and think about it, and be like, you know, what? I actually did learn something today, yeah. <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But You're doing your part. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you coming and speaking about these things. I don't know if you feel like you always get a chance to beyond, like, you know teaching people like in after in ignorant interactions <laughs> right now this is definitely a much, <laughs> this is like a much lighter way of, of talking about it instead of being like oh, oh no do you have a minute um so because the name of this podcast is brown and out which i love oh right. thank you i appreciate that um and and i think i'm very clever um <laughs> then i would like to ask you when do you feel most, or you know, at what times and what moments do you feel brown and out? Do you, and by that I mean, mm, both of those identities. You know what I mean? What, at what times do you feel those most? You know, I, I think when I'm, you know, I feel brown and out when I'm with a bunch of heterosexual white people because oh. it's like you know it's a, a, a standout and I mm. which I sort of love it makes me feel like a little bit like um you know like a little unicorn <laughs> but I also feel super brown and out when I'm with other people of color and and queer people or a combination of the two um just because then it's easy to look around and be like yes 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 like we we you know power in numbers I guess but like you know it's it's the representation is important and you know, coming to Burlington and being in a space with other queer black people is just, um, unfortunately, has not been a part of my life in, you know, in many ways. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do feel so brown and out when I'm when I'm with other queer people of color because it's I'm I'm always thinking about how happy I am to be able to be in that setting just because like, you know. It's, it is relatively new for me, so I'm just going to keep, you know, looking around the room being like, I am so stoked on this. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Even though it should, you know, I wish, I wish it were not so um, uncommon. You know, I mm. wish I was just surrounded by so many queer people of color that I didn't even have to think about mm. it. Can you, can you imagine? <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I'm. I wonder, you know, what I think that would be really, really nice. Like that scene in, in The Last Unicorn when all the unicorns come out of the ocean at the end and then they just like live their big unicorn life together. And it's like, <laughs> little did you know. <laughs> they were fucking everywhere. Um, so like, yeah. It's just, it's just like It's that, exactly like honestly. that. And someday we're all going to come out of the ocean in a big wave and just mm. live our best life. I like the sound of that. Yeah, get ready. I like that. <laughs> um... Is there anything 
at this point that we're leaving out that you would feel remiss if you did not address mm-hmm. here today? I want to emphasize how exciting this um, this past year has been, and mm. I feel like the excitement of all of this queerness and, and all, of, all of Burlington and all, and this all of queerness. that, <laughs> yes, um, definitely is is the highlight. So I feel like you know, talking before about using these moments as teaching tools, they they are sort of few and far between, and I and I really don't, um, I really don't mind that it's a thing I think I think about all of those moments as like yeah super unfortunate sometimes from time to time because it's you know not You're talking just... about times when when someone says something to you and it's like yeah. a microaggression Ta- yeah times and you like have to... microaggressions it's just like times when people you know you you feel like you have to just speak on it because mm-hmm. um it's your life it's my life and it's and I and I would feel bad about you know walking away from that experience without saying anything because right. that I feel like you know growing up in in Vermont there were so many times where you know I feel like I probably let down the entire like all of my ancestors just like rolling around being like but you could and that's okay because I feel like I was young and I and I you know you you never know until your older hindsight is 2020 20 and you can look back and be like well what was i supposed to do as like a 7 year old you know right. educate the world you know right. you know is that start... your job no i mean as a as a 7 year old your job is to just like you know make sure you catch the bus and like um i don't know learn how to read <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know but and not not educate the world about basic human rights yeah like i'm not trying to teach my own third grade teacher about kwanzaa you know i'll i'll try to speak (laughs) up but like if you want someone to teach my my dad will come in and do a sit down you know Mm. um which did happen oh uh, tell us about that (laughs) my my dad and my mom who is as white as they come she would come in and and teach the class about kwanzaa so it was a little bit like you know they had my my dad come in, so they really, like, would believe it, you know? They're like, well, he's here, and he's super black, so, like, this black holiday is real. And he's then my... an authority on this other <laughs> Yeah. And then my mom would sort of serve as a buffer for all of the kids that were, like... A white translator? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, but that was always, at the time, you know, probably sort of embarrassing. I probably asked them not to do it. I was probably like, please don't do it again. Cause but are, are you happy now that they oh, did for that? Sure. Oh, for sure. Because I, st- I mean, there are there are adults in the world who are like Kwanzaa, <laughs> you know. I would and, say many. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so yeah, sure. If even if they just remember that it happened, my dad, you know, brought in a dashiki. <laughs> and that would be hard to forget, <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I am, I am glad that it happened now. Just like. Um, you know, I nowadays I wouldn't change it. Then I was probably like, please don't do this again. But mm-hmm. I understand why it's important. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that that was something that they wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm glad that somewhere along the line they probably got asked to do it. I'm sure my dad didn't call up the school and ask if anybody needed to learn about Kwanzaa. I think it was probably like, hey, you. <laughs> you think your parent, they probably sent a letter home with me. <laughs> I slipped it in my backpack and give this to your black dad. Oh, so, okay. my gosh. I will. 
I feel like I've covered a lot of my bases. I probably talked about skiing too much for mm. a... <laughs> Is that possible? I, I mean, I guess uh, I guess not. Depends on, depends on uh, what you're feeling, the audience, I guess. But um, no, I mean, I'm happy about a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm mad about a lot of stuff. I'm cool with a lot of stuff and not cool with other things. But... So you're just a person then, I'm just basically. a regular human person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. With the... Uh, I've heard of those. Feelings, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere, it turns out. Um, so, we know that you're a performer. Therefore, I must ask you, is there anything you'd like to plug right now? Oh, anything you got going on? Um, I don't even have any immediate upcoming performances. Uh, I'm going to start performing with Green Mountain Cabaret for their oh. um, combo performances of burlesque and drag, which I think is... Um, going to be a good time. Can you tell us more about Green Mountain Cabaret? Yeah, the the performances that I'm doing, this combo, this drag burlesque combo, it's called Untapped. Um, I believe it takes place in Winooski. Okay. Um, but um, one of the the owner of, of uh, Green Mountain Cabaret. Which is a local... Yeah. Um, Sort of, it's in the name, cabaret yeah. <laughs> yeah. production company, right? Yeah, they, they perform all over. Um, all over the state? All or? over the state. They have, they have gigs, uh, you know, we, we, I look at their calendars quite a bit, and sometimes they overlap and, uh, with, with our gigs, so sometimes they're hard to get to. But they're, they're active, and they, they did this pairing, and that's um, super cool and super nice, because I think it's a nice way to reach out and perform for people who might not necessarily just straight up uh, hit up a drag show. Right. Necessarily, but... And then the opposite as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because I will say that I uh, have never been to just a straight up um, burlesque show. Oh, well, you're in for a treat. Uh, I am in for a treat. <laughs> I'm in for a treat, and I, I, um, I'm ready. I think it's going to be uh, super exciting and, and fun, and the people in, in charge of Green Mountain Cabaret are fabulous, and... I think it's gonna be a good time. Shout out Green Mountain Cabaret. Yeah. Let's let's just talk about puzzles real quick. Yeah. I'd love to. Um, so, um, you mentioned that you like to do puzzles in your spare time. I do. Uh, in Cambridge, right? In Cambridge. So I went down to visit my family for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and someone was gifted a Harry Potter puzzle, okay. thousand piece. Do you consider a thousand piece a lot? You know, I just, I like to stick with 500. I feel like 500 is like, I could do a 500 in a day, and I like to finish what I start. So a thousand's like, okay. Unless I start in the morning, but. If you start in the morning and do like a thousand piece puzzle? Maybe. I could. Yeah, yeah, commit. That's major. (laughs) Um, So what I found, like, I, I could not tell you the last time I did a puzzle. I probably was in elementary school. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, probably. Mm. I just can't recall a time more recently than that when I, like, sat down and determinedly, like, finished a puzzle. Um, So, when I was down um, in New Hampshire visiting my family, um, we worked on, just, like, over two days, and completed uh, a thousand-piece Harry Potter puzzle as a family, and I felt so gosh darn wholesome... It re- it was like this is what people are talking about <laughs> yeah. when they talk about being wholesome, and it got me into. I remembered then that I had a puzzle at home um, that just I got it because I thought it was like 
ridiculous. It is, by the way. This is um, it's a CSI New York puzzle. Okay. You know, you know CSI, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you were you watched? Did you already fan? Only because I, I don't, uh, I don't have TV. I know what it. I know okay. what it is. I feel like I could get into it because I did. I've seen Law and Order. I like that. Did uh, you grow up without TV? I did. For the most part, I think in seventh grade when I was old enough to like be bossy, I think I convinced my mom. <laughs> you demanded. I think I convinced my mom to be like, I can't be the only one who doesn't know about yeah. TV and the internet. For a child, uh, I mean, say what you want, but I think it, it can be a little alienating to grow up without a television. Let's, we're not saying that television doesn't cause right, problems right, for right. children. <laughs> we, we understand that, but um, there's, like, there's two sides to that story a little bit, um, as you know. So, yeah, there, it's a CSI New York puzzle um, that I had at home, and um, it's like a murder scene. I was going to um, say, is there blood? Is yeah, it... there is a little bit. Um, yeah, it's kind of graphic, but it's like once you finish the puzzle, you like solve the crime. Like, I don't know what they're talking about, but I finished the puzzle. Nice. And um, I still don't know who did it. But um, I find them... A very find it a very meditative practice mm. doing a puzzle, and sure. it's not the biggest challenge. But I feel like it kind of helps me work on goal setting mm. and and completing tasks and and yeah, challenging myself just a little bit to where I feel like I'm doing something with my brain and I like that. How do you feel about puzzles? I feel the same. I think absolutely. I've probably even said out loud that they are are meditative. I feel like. To me, it's the same. It's like, you know, people have, like, adult coloring books. True. Like, and I think it's the same sort of, you can be at your house listening to the radio or listening to music or doing whatever, and then I like to give myself, you know, like a puzzle. It's like, don't think about all the weird shit you did today. <laughs> uh, don't think about uh, how busy your weekend is going to be. Don't think about, you know... It's just like you're thinking about this puzzle. Like, where's that corner piece, though? Like, <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's nice. And then, you know, like you were saying with your family, it does feel wholesome to, like, pop out a puzzle and be like, oh, this is, this is nice. All surrounded around this pop table. Pop out a puzzle. Pop out a puzzle. If you are browning out or you uh, have a friend or a relative who is and you think that they might be interested in just speaking about their life, their experience, tell a little bit about their story, um, you can reach me at regwhat at gmail.com. It's R-E-G-W-H-A-T at gmail.com. Um, Shani, would you like to... Any any final, any closing? No pressure if you don't. That's fine. I, just, <laughs> I wanna... Well, I'll thank you again for having me. And, Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we got to hang out and chat with these... Um, microphones and I'm glad you're doing this absolutely well thank you very much I appreciate you being on the podcast